0: The TNT shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT shop has it all at TNTradio.live. Telling it as it is. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: G'day and welcome. You know what day it is. You don't need to be told. Friday, you feel Fridays, don't you? You wake up and you just feel it's Friday. You don't need a calendar. You just know you feel it. And even if you do work on the weekends, it always feels that much better. Anyway, uh some but oh before I start, thank you, Chris Smith. Good to have him back. And for those of you not watching yet, why not get on to your YouTube, get on to Rumble, and you can watch Chris, myself, Katie, and everybody else here at TNT. It's a wonderful thing to do, and uh, check it out. Done very well, too. I might add a big uh, compliment to the management at TNT. Uh, We're going to be talking to a bunch of people. Joquim Hagopian, I'm very much looking forward to talking to in about uh, 15 minutes. I'll be having a chat with him. going to be talking about the 200 uh, or nearly 200 names that have been released in the Epstein-Maxwell court filing. Some of them uh, would be absolutely no surprise to you. But um, I read an article that he put in... uh, On a website called thegovernmentrag.com, a terrific article. And for those of you who are switched on, who kind of know how everything works in the world, the way, you know, us conspiracy theory people think it happens, well, wow this all ties it together. It makes absolutely perfect sense. And you you wonder how people could do the things they do, how they could get away with it. And uh, if you're protected by people who they have dirt on, it makes sense. If you uh, get dirt on people for certain governments, <laughs> you can uh, you can control certain governments. And which reminds me, by the way, in the news, in fact, let's go wind it back a day. I had a bit of a laugh that the US were telling Israel what to do in Gaza And I I said, well, Israel, don't listen to America. Israel, tell America what to do because they control the puppets, many of the puppets in the US government. And there's Israel flat out saying, them saying today that we won't be taking orders from the US and we're not another star on the flag. Certainly will they not be taking orders, but they do give orders. They do control what happens over there. I do promise you that is the case. And again, a lot of what we'll be talking about with uh, Jacqueline Agopian might tie that in a little bit uh, better with Epstein Island, some of the dirt that people have on individuals over in America, people who will do and say whatever you like for fear of being outed as pedophiles, as criminals, And you can control entire nations simply by doing that, by nitpicking those who uh, you have dirt on pushing them up into the upper echelons of society, government and the media and you get to control pretty much everything from there. Uh, Joachim is the correct pronunciation, by the way, of Hogopian. Thank you. Okay, so that's one of our guests this hour, of course, Omar Khan. It wouldn't be Friday without Omar Khan here at TNT. We'll be chatting with him about things happening in the world today and I'm looking forward to doing that. Now, something a little bit closer to home is Alice Springs and I'm absolutely fed up with what goes on up there. And the cover-up, lots of cover-ups, unless, of course, it is somebody that they would like to demonize or a group they would like to demonize. I'll tell you exactly who the person or the group is. I'll even give you their home address or the street that they live in, but not if it's certain protected groups. And when we talk about crime up in Alice Springs, there we go, protected group, a group who not only uh, are protected, but certainly the opposite is true. Those who they accost on a daily basis are the ones who need the protection. Uh, the protection. People up in Alice Spring uh, experiencing a string of car thefts and break-ins. It's on the rise. The residents are calling for greater action to tackle what they believe is out-of-control crime. And uh, I'll get to certain things that state it's beyond that a little bit later. Uh, Nothing is being done to keep us safe, uh, a woman said. In fact, it was 82-year-old Raylene McAllister whose home was ransacked on Boxing Day while she was undergoing surgery. 82, this woman. Uh, And a bunch of these young people, they say young people. Of course, if they were a young bunch of white males, they would say young white males. It says Young people will assume something else then, I think, in Alice Springs. That would be a rather safe assumption. The government would not have you know that many of these uh, crimes, that they are racially based, and a lot of these crimes not perpetrated on people from within their own community, but certainly on whites, upon whites. Some people would call this hate crime when you have one group that is of uh, a certain persuasion who... Uh, don't commit crimes on their own group for the most part certainly not when it comes to stealing their cars or breaking into their homes there may be a a bunch of uh, violence going on in those communities amongst themselves but certainly when it comes to crime where theft is involved it certainly seems to be one-way traffic on that street but again we can only assume who that group is, because the media doesn't like to tell us. But I think our assumptions would be very, very on point. Uh, the crime being out of control. Lots of people working up and owning businesses up in that region would definitely agree, including uh, Sam Edelman, who owns the local KFC franchise up in Alice Springs. Why the hell would you buy any business in Alice Springs, Sam? I don't know why you would do that. He said that it's getting beyond out of control. He's had to go there many times in the middle of the morning to uh, secure the building after glass has been broken. Uh, people have ransacked the place and of course uh, the police advising him don't go there. Just let, let the thing sort itself out. People being warned don't go to the CBD up in Alice Springs. Why? Because there are stolen cars running up and down the street and uh, you could be run down. And But I thought the police would be there to stop that so the police are aware that's happening here are these vehicles up and down the street and it happens on a literally on a daily basis if you look at the numbers uh, versus the days there is rarely a day where a major crime doesn't happen. A total disregard for police is how NT Commissioner Michael Murphy has described it. He's been sending more people there, you know, getting them into those areas, but still not nearly enough. The government not doing nearly enough for this. Uh, He said that there have been 17 incidents of stolen vehicles in Alice Springs in just the last 17 days, we have 17 arrests made, nine of which were children. I mean, that, that's your problem, isn't it? And of course, if you take these kids away, and you can only have bad, out-of-control kids if you've got bad, out-of-control parents who don't give a stuff, and if you were to do that, well, what happened the last time that they did the right thing by taking kids that could have been good kids away from dreadful parents? Yep. And then years later, you've got them suing the government and call, calling it something that is in uh, trying to point to the fact that it might be racial when there were plenty of white families who were broken up because they had drug ag- drug addict or alcoholic parents and they were going to be absolutely abysmal influences on their own children. And they were taken away. It wasn't about being black or white, or being Indigenous or non-Indigenous. I hate that term. If you were born here, you're Indigenous. Um, It certainly wasn't about anything other than doing the right thing by the kids. And unfortunately, if you have kids growing up in this culture, it will seem like it is normal. If you are surrounded by people who do anything, it will, after time, over time, feel like it is the normal thing to do. But uh, Alice Springs completely completely out of control up there, and the police don't have enough resources, the government doesn't want to do anything about it, uh, but of course the Labor government has made it much worse because they took away that cashless welfare card that was in certain parts of Australia, said so, no, you have as much right to cash as anyone, I would say that nobody who uh, is long-term unemployed has access, should have access to cash, taken away from them, you can have food, you can pay for your rent, you can pay for a taxi or an Uber, if you want to pay for drugs, be it, you know, uh, or illegal drugs or alcohol, then no, no, you can't have that. Nobody should have that. But the Australian taxpayer most certainly shouldn't be paying for it for you. And uh, the problem goes on. It just goes on and on and on. At TNT Radio, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you the latest take on, uh, on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24 7 online globally, no matter what. And we've got you covered here at today's News Talk, TNT
2: conversations
0: to inform and include
3: it's meant for everyday people to understand
0: today's news talk radio tnt
1: and a man who uh probably i'd say you wouldn't go on a holiday to alice springs jeremy beck but no offense but if i lived in melbourne i might i might have considered moving to alice springs three years ago (laughs)
4: <laughs> You're not uh, half wrong there, Dean. It's uh, certainly under Dan Andrews. Uh, it was really the worst place in the world in terms of the the days that we were locked down. Uh, there's a crazy place to be in Melbourne. It's certainly much better now, but the, the damage is still here. I mean, there's still people running around in face masks. I guess you see that everywhere, but I guess it's it's just just the psychology there. People are just living in fear. Uh, But uh, I've got an interesting story here, which is not Australian based today. Uh, It's coming out of Russia. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in Moscow on Thursday, that is yesterday, that English is a useful language and Russians should not give up on it to spite the West, as the Vladimir Zelensky's regime in Ukraine has done in dumping the Russian language to spite Moscow. Uh, now, Lavrov uh, was hosting an 11-year-old girl from Legansk named Anastasia as part of the Wishing Tree charity campaign. And when she told the foreign minister that she was studying English, he praised her and said it was a good language to know. Uh, now, of course, he would know. He's very fluent in many languages, particularly uh, English. You can hear him speak English very well. Uh, he speaks French well. He's fluent in French. Also, Lavrov speaks uh, Dviri, which is the official language of the Maldives. And he speaks uh, Sinhala, which is used in Sri Lanka. And, of course, he speaks Russian. uh, No doubt about that. (laughs) Uh, Now, Lavrov uh, said, I I don't think that they're right. Those who say, uh, well, they are setting the entire world against us. So let's get away from the English language. That's stupid because the language has nothing to do with it. And he added, that's just like when Zelensky banned the Russian language, Russian education and Russian media in Ukraine. Uh, so I think he makes a lot of sense there, Dean. I, I think he does.
1: Um, I would argue, it depends on which way you want to look at it. A, the more languages you could know, there's nothing but advantage after advantage from doing that. Especially uh, some would say, know your enemy. Now, whilst I, I, and I would suggest you personally don't regard Russians as our enemy. In fact, if anything, I would rather be very, very good friends with them. I very rarely met a Russian person who I didn't immediately like. They're a very strong group. But mate, when you have a look at other countries, such as India, where almost everybody is taught to speak English, it becomes a tremendous tool. You could argue it's a, a tool that can be used for good. It can also be used for, for evil. You know, we most of the scammers that we have dialing into this country, of course, coming from that particular country. But uh, from their perspective, the perspective of the scammer, certainly it adds to your uh, resume of things you can do, whether you want to use that to work in a legitimate call center or otherwise. But mate, I, I would suggest that uh, learning English would be the smart
4: thing to do uh, no matter where you happen to be outside of the English speaking world. For sure. I, th- I think that uh, English is such a dominant language, it's uh, very hard to get away from despite the fact that Russians would be rightly concerned about the hostility towards their nation from the West. And it is coming from the United States. It is coming from the United Kingdom. It's coming from our country in Australia. It's coming from Canada. It's coming from most of the English speaking the world. So they would be right to be concerned. But at the same time, there are many people in these nations, myself included. I'm certainly not anti-Russia of anything. Uh, I would be more on the side of Putin than uh, on the side of Biden, not that I'm not a Putin fan, but I think uh, he's much better than other world leaders. And, uh, you know, many world leaders are corrupt, but I think he's one of the better world leaders. And uh, our Western media have tainted the way most people see Putin. But anyone who reads his actual speeches will say, well, that makes a lot of sense. And Lavrov is a very intelligent foreign minister. I think he makes a lot of sense there. Also, uh, you think about uh, the way Russia has been really uh, treated very, very badly on many fronts in this respect. Uh, For example, we've had Tchaikovsky, great Russian composer, been banned in certain places in the world just because of this Ukraine conflict. The Cardiff Philharmonic Orchestra uh, banned a Tchaikovsky concert. We've had uh, Wimbledon, banning tennis players uh from the the wimbledon championships i mean it's just insane what's happened over this conflict and language is just another element of it it is mate and there's only
1: one word you can use to describe that it is literally the word bigotry those who are highly intolerant of the opinion of others just go and ban others don't they you know and again i love what you said you know you said i would put putin above Biden, so would I. That doesn't mean that we put the Russian people above the American people. What that does say is that the Russians have done far less harm to the everyday American than, let's say, the likes of Joe Biden has done, doing tremendous amounts of harm. They're not the ones sending in people over the border. They're not the one ruining their economy. They're not the ones getting them into tremendous amounts of debt. So the people who we are told Uh, our enemy in many cases uh, are those that you you and I and many listening would put our hand out and shake the hand of those people and bring them into the fold. It's very unfortunately uh, that we have leaders who
4: don't do the will of the people, which
1: ultimately was the whole point of having a government
4: structure. Yeah, I think so, Dean. You've made a lot of good points there. And and also uh, think about the BRICS grouping of nations. India is one of the key nations in BRICS. And English is an official language in India. Uh, Certainly, uh, Hindi is the the government official language, but many people, particularly the educated Indians, speak English. It is is, uh, officially used in business in India. So from that standpoint, it makes sense for Russians to learn English. But there are many reasons to learn not just English. I think uh, it would be smart for Russians to learn uh, many languages around the world. Uh, I think the more languages you know, the better. That's one regret that I've had that I've never really become fluent in any other language. I've done a little bit of French, a little bit of German, but not very much. I certainly can't uh, speak fluently. Yeah, I agree, mate, and especially if you live in certain parts of, you know, the world
1: where you're surrounded by people from other countries, if they predominantly speak a second language, that would be probably the one to learn for uh, multiple reasons. Jeremy Becker, appreciate you, coming on here very much, filling in today for Gemma Cooper, who will be back on Monday. Mate, have a terrific weekend. You too, Dean. And uh, everybody, stick around. We're going to talk to Joaquim Hagopian, wow, about this pedophile list, this Epstein bombshell right here at today's News Talk, TNT. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking
3: about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, Certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained Uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company.
0: Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. While living in Vietnam, a grenade took my
2: ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better.
0: DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways.
4: Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV,
2: more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world.
0: Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Are you
3: sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. And
0: I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around,
1: we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. And welcome back to TNT. My next guest, Joachim Agopian. Wow, I'm just reading the bio. It's very impressive. And the article that I read of is equally as impressive. He's a West Point graduate, former army officer and author of Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down. Now, after the military, Joachim earned a master's degree in clinical psychology and worked as a licensed Therapist. And as an independent journalist for over eight years, uh, Joaquim has written hundreds of articles for many news sites like Global Research, LouRockwell.com, and the one that I got the article from today, The Government Rag, and I'd love to welcome him to the program. Joaquim, how are you going?
5: I'm doing good, Dean. Good to be here, too. Mate, you have done something
1: that I think is Terrific, just like you would get a, you know, a, a bit of a particle board, you know, a bit of wood that's put together from a bunch of pieces. They put the glue on it and they compress it, and in between you have the glue, and the glue is what holds the whole story together. What you did for me with this article was better. You took out the glue and you made it a solid piece of wood. The way the world works with these people, lots of ties in with countries who, like Israel today, said that it won't be taking orders from the U.S. and we're not another star on your flag. I laughed yesterday and said that would be the case. In fact, if anything, they they give a few orders to the U.S. But behind the scenes, I've always felt. But I mean, what's gone on with this whole Epstein-Maxwell case, some of the names on this particular thing, the, the way it all works behind the scenes, it really did fill the gaps in the woodwork for me. And everything just made sense after reading your article. And again, I would suggest that anybody uh, watching this interview that we're about to do um, gets onto thegovernmentrag.com and checks out uh, a bunch of Joachim's articles on there. But this one, I'll post the link up uh, a bit later so people can have a look. But, mate, thanks for coming on the program. Really appreciate it.
5: Thank you. Now, mate... Yeah, I mean the, you can't get any more uh inside information than looking at the Epstein Maxwell entrapment operation that went on for at least 20 years. We have the two biggest banks one of the United States, JP Morgan that did all the money laundering. He they they did over a billion dollars of Epstein money laundering. And then in 2013, because the heat was coming on and they were liable, they decided, okay, we got to get rid of Jeff. And the largest bank in Germany picks them up for the next, what, eight years or so. I mean, so for decades, we have the biggest banks in the world, all the Rothschild, you know, bankster-controlled, war-controlled banks uh, that have been basically through intelligence services. We're talking about the military and and Mossad uh, intelligence services of Israel, we're talking about the CIA, we're talking about MI6, we're talking about all the major intelligence services around the world. And they act as the coordinators for these entrapment operations. And the game is you pin blackmail on all the politicians that you then own and control. And that's the, that's the way it is in all the major governments we have. They're all puppets for the Rothschild et al. cabal.
1: I would argue that whilst we don't know what percentage of people in mainstream media and politics they control, you can feel it, you can sense it, because lately, the last, you know, five, ten years... They're not even hiding behind the scenes. A lot of these people, uh, they're out. You know, they're telling you what they're up to. You know, the narrative is out there. the The, the end game feels like it's in play with agenda. 2030. It feels like all these people, they've got enough people that they don't have to worry. They no longer have to hide behind the black curtain and they're just out and doing what they did. Of course, they always try to tidy it up a little bit. As you suggested, there was JP Morgan, you know, uh, laundering all this money. But after and only after Epstein died, as per your article, that's when they say, oh, we've noticed some very suspect transactions. Then there were fines and whatever. But it's a bit too late at that point, isn't it?
5: Right. And their fines, you know, it was like two hundred ninety million going to the all the Epstein victims, and that's a drop in the bucket for the largest Rothschild bank in America, you know. And so they just buy their way out of trouble legally, and, and so it's a two tiered system: one for the halves, which is the 0001 percent that are controlling everything, and then the rest of us live under all these other rules that they impose on us. You know, it's a very one sided game. And unfortunately, the great George Carlin said it all. He said, it's a inner club, and we ain't in it. You and I ain't in this club. And, and it's a basically, I have to say, I've done a lot of research. i got five books on this very topic. It's, it's a satanic club of controllers of the world. They own everything, but through their money, basically, they own everything. Corruption is, if you get paid enough money, You give in. And this is the way the game is played. And then they have you with all their blackmail and bribery. They have you so that you do what you're told. And that's just the way it is now. And it has been for a long time, but it's more overt. We know about it more now than ever before.
1: I think Stanley Kubrick might have given us a bit of a hint with that movie Eyes wide chat, except it's worse than that, because instead of, you know, young adult women, as per the movie, it's, uh, it's young girls, young boys, it's far more horrific, but it's real, it's absolutely real. And it makes a lot of sense, because you often wonder, how do people sell out, you know, their own families, let alone their own countries, and that's what they're doing, many of these politicians, and only if you have a tremendous amount of dirt on them, would people do these things.
5: Yeah. It's all set up that way. I mean, that's the means of control of all the governments. That's why we have nonstop war. That's why we have a planned collapse of the banking system. They're going to start this war, World War III. It's happening in the Middle East. It's still going on in Ukraine. It'll probably end up in Taiwan as well. But once they have this big war and all the bankruptcy, the collapse of the economic system, they figure... All the evidence is going to be gone. There won't be evidence against them. We already have the evidence, and they're not going to get away with it. But this is their basically their desperado objective: is to blow everything up so that they won't be held accountable. We will make them accountable.
1: Yeah, I hope we do because every time there is something that needs investing, you know, investigating. I remember you know watching Donald Rumsfeld one day saying there's a 2.3 trillion dollar black hole in the defense budget. And then lo and behold, the next day, a plane <laughs> missile uh, hits the, the Pentagon and it hits in the exact part I do believe I'm told that was investigating that very thing. So they're not big on leaving uh, evidence laying around, are they?
5: No. I mean, they, they leave a, a trail of their fingerprints on every major crime ever committed, you know. So, yeah, we, we got the goods on them. And, and regardless of what they throw at us, We will prevail in in making sure that justice is done. It may take a while because it's still a thoroughly corrupt system. All the the judges, all the law enforcement, they're all paid off.
1: I, I love what you said about the military, and they weed out the intuitive and the strong at an early stage, making sure that they don't get to the upper echelons of the military. So just like the media and just like in the politics, they can control whole system. We're seeing that because if that was not the case under the U.S. Constitution, not only can you have have militias who rise up against corrupt governments, but the military can do that themselves. So it works in their best interest to make sure that they control those in the military. In fact, the military could possibly be that which they need to control the most, one would argue.
5: Yeah, I I hate to say it. As a West Point graduate and army officer, the ones that rose up to the top to the generals, admirals, I was a squad leader, assistant squad leader, to the current U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. I was a squad leader at West Point. I was a junior. He was a freshman. And I saw what kind of character this guy is right there. You know, he plays the system. He played the affirmative action program all the way up to the top to his level of incompetency. He was rewarded by Obama and um uh, you know he ends up the secretary of defense in charge of all the military
1: well kim loving what you're saying and i love how much sense you make when you say it. we've got to do a short commercial break and then we'll be back to join you uh, everybody stick around we're going to be talking to joaquin hagopian right here at tnt after this short break we
3: have, we have some wonderful news for
0: you tnt radio news matt
1: boyland here with a quick look at your tnt headlines King Charles has been told to cut all ties with his brother Prince Andrew after previously sealed court documents relating to the Jeffrey Epstein case were released in the US detailing allegations of rape and sexual assault. A Disney worker who alleges she was raped by a top executive claims the mouse house covered up the alleged pattern of sexual abuse. And Israel's national security minister says his country will
3: not be taking any orders from the US
0: why not give tnt radio a follow we're on all major social platforms including facebook twitter instagram gab and getter help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time
1: right here on today's news talk
0: tnt radio
1: tnt radio and welcome back to the program i'm talking to joaquin hagopian and he's a guy who's written a bunch of books as well and he's not even doing it to make money he's doing it because the truth is far more important than money. And you can get those books for free, absolutely for free, in downloadable form on pedo pedoempire.org. And you can get them as a paperback on Amazon if you do want to pay and you do want a physical copy of that. But if you want them for free, you can get them on pedoempire.org forward slash contents. Go check them out. And uh, uh, I think you would be doing yourself a massive favour. Well, And we're going to get back to Joaquin. Joaquin, thank you for joining us here at TNT. Thank you. Right, uh, lots to talk about. Right, were there any names that came out? Well, first of all, were you surprised that there weren't as many redacted names as many predicted there would be?
5: To tell you the truth, this is all smoke and mirrors. Nothing's going to come out of this. There's no, there's zero indictments that will happen from this tranche of of you know what, nine hundred something, and then three hundred more on Thursday drop. Uh, nothing's going to come of it. It's all just Basically, hype to blow it over. What what these cabals do when they get caught? They usually sacrifice one or two people. In this case, it was Maxfield. I'm not so sure about you know Epstein whether he's alive or not. He was definitely murdered. If he's dead, but anyway, yeah, she's paying for all the crimes, and there's a zillion tapes out there of all the you know. VIPs in criminal action doing what they did uh, with all the tapes running at the Epstein mansions and down there on Orgy Island. All of it's there, but they haven't come out. And I, I'm i telling you that the system right now is so corrupt that it's not going to indict a single VIP Clinton, oh, all this. It, it's all smoke and mirrors. That's all this is. It's not going to indict all the people that were guilty of having sex with underage girls and boys.
1: Yeah, it's very much like a lot of these uh, investigations that they do, you know, around the world into the COVID response after the last three years. It's a show to placate the masses. Oh, they've looked into it. It's all okay. It's above board. Let's move on. I agree with you completely. The other thing that you said, and, um, you know, maybe we're going into conspiracy theory, Bill, but I remember thinking when Epstein died, if you've got that much money and power, It would be so easy to uh, substitute somebody else's body. You get on a plane, take off to Israel, live out the rest of your days with with your billions of dollars, and nobody would be any of the wiser. And I absolutely—I mean, if I—I wouldn't rule that out hundred percent. That's for sure.
5: Well, I mean, you know, he was the most infamous convict in America, and so what do they do? These these jailers fall asleep, and they at the wheel they fall asleep, and. They didn't have a, a, a microphone available. It's all fake. Uh, and we have a, a, a very renowned uh, doctor that gets into all the autopsies, and he even came out uh, basically saying he was murdered. He this is the the wounds on his neck show he was murdered, not not suicide. Everybody knows that.
1: It comes in very handy. You've got these very secure organisations. And, well, let's go back to the Pentagon again, you know, one of the most heavily protected military buildings in the world and a bunch of cameras, just like in the jails, just happen to be off at these exact very convenient times. that, you know, some people would say coincidence, but uh, coincidence after coincidence, if you had a statistician do the numbers, I think it would be in the trillions to one that there could be this many coincidences yeah. when it comes to these type of things.
5: Yeah exactly it just doesn't hold up to reality
1: hey, uh, a lot of the information that you've amassed into what is it now five books that
5: you've done yeah i've done five books on pedophilia empire satan sodomy and the deep state i expose it all and oh, everything basically that came out with this big treasure trove of information it's in my book <laughs>
1: hey, i've got to ask at what point obviously you know you're, you're ex-military at what point did you just smell a rat? Did you know there was something seriously wrong with the world?
5: Well, I, I knew in the military uh, because I saw what that was like, you know, and the soul, same competitive uh, corruption in the military and the, as in politics, as in government, as in entertainment, as in everything, corporate world. Uh, so I saw it very early in my life. Uh but the turning point, you know, I, I got into as a licensed therapist working with abused kids. And then when the Pisa-gate situation implicating the Clintons and, and uh, of course, Epstein uh, scandal, you know, he's, he was convicted in 2008. So that had been going on. And I was writing all about that. Uh, and uh, and then I was approached by James Spetzer, a really good uh, person for false flag uncovering, and he said, you got to write the book on pedophilia. You, you know, you're know, you a therapist, you work with abused kids, and, and, you, and you're a great journalist, so write the book. So that's what I did starting in 2017. It took four years to do these five books on, on this very topic. I went around the world and uncovered all the scandals using public domain material, and it's all out there. I did two books on United Kingdom alone out of five. So what does that tell you about UK?
1: Mate, it's, mate, when you said the word "false flag," the hairs on the the back of my neck stood up because I think we've been subject to so many of them, going all the way back to the USS Liberty and moving forward. Many of the major events that have been turning points in, uh, uh, you know, for the Western nations have been, I think, you know, partial or full on false flags. A couple of things yeah. that you've said, and I will quote you: "We will fight for truth and uh, we will fight for truth and justice to survive as human species." Yeah. Will we? or will we remain too afraid and weak, too passive and ignorant to fight back while our known identified enemy controllers systematically push into their their extermination slaughterhouse, and it does feel like that of late. Ultimately, the choice is ours to make one way or another, but the time is ticking, growing shorter with each passing year, and I agree with every word you've said, and you've said 2024 will be critical.
5: Yeah, this is a big year ahead. Because they're getting desperate. They know all the evidence is out there and the people are rising up in anger. And if we unify, we are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And so, yeah, they're reacting. They've sped up their, what, 2050 to 2030, and now it's up to 2025. And I also uh, do a lot of relating to their Deagle.com. That's that's an intelligence website for military industrial complex sailing of Weapons and they do a prediction in 2025. They don't do it anymore because of the heat it drew, but they said that the population of the United States, which is about 332 million by 2025, which is a year away, is all good, is only going to be 99 million. That's a depopulation of 70%. They're planning something big, and these are all inside sources of data that they've come up with this projection. They don't even have it on the internet anymore because he created too much heat for them.
1: Mate, I I saw those numbers in real time when I was working somewhere else and I read them. And uh, Australia didn't fare nearly as badly in those numbers. But after recent years and uh, certain events happening in Australia, I would say we would fare at least as badly. And again, you don't publish that kind of stuff unless you know something that the rest of us don't. Mate, I'd, I'd just like to say thank you so much for not just coming on the program, but for writing the articles that you write, for saying the things that you say without fear or favour. And you do it because you're you're a good bloke, you're an honest person with a, a massive amount of intuition who's done all the work that most people most of us should be doing, but that you're, you've done it for us. And I would all I can ask is that people get on to the websites and download your books and get on and watch you every time you do a video. I think you're absolutely terrific. Joaquin Hagopian, thank you for coming on the program.
5: Thank you, Gene.
1: People, um, get on there. Do that. And absolutely, you need to do that. And I'll uh, again give you the uh, details of the website a little bit later. It is, in fact, pedoempire.org. You can get those books for free. If you want them in paperback form, you can do it for, from Amazon. And again, his name, I will spell it for you in case you want to download the books, J-O-A-C-H-I-M, Hagopian, H-A-G-O-P-I-A-N, pronounced Joakim Agopian. Do that. We'll be back on the other side of this break with, it's thank God it's Friday, it's Omar Khan.
3: Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life saving work at helpheart.org. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people.
5: People disappear from their lives.
0: One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like. I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible,
3: I'm dying. I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills and we had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lime is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it.
0: For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped, or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below five degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. Around here,
1: bushfire is just a part of life. We've been through it before. And we'll get through it again. The people here all look out for each other. We're a community that does its bit to plan and prepare, to keep everyone safe. We live with Bushfire. So we live Bushfire ready.
0: Dean Macken, Dean Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's news talk, TNT Radio. And
1: welcome back to. The program will very imminently be with Omar Khan. In the meantime, I just couldn't help but notice this particular article in the ABC. The White House says that Russia used missiles from North Korea to strike the Ukraine. How dare they? Here's America and England and Canada, Australia, everybody giving massive amounts of weapons to the Ukraine. And they have a problem with North Korea allegedly, and Russia is denying it, by the way, to the Ukraine. And if you believe half the stuff they say about North Korea, then you're probably going to fall for a bunch of other stuff. I remember hearing, you know, when that the uh, North Korean leader, apparently because somebody in his military fell asleep during a meeting, that he was used, not just put to death, but they used an anti-aircraft gun to do it. And just absolute nonsense. And a couple of lefties, from New South Wales, a couple of uni students went to North Korea, did a documentary called The Haircut, which was based on the rumor, if you didn't have a haircut, like the the leader, you you weren't going to be too popular, dispelled everything that they ever said about North Korea. This North Korean news agency quoted so many times in the news, well, why don't you show me the article? Why don't you play the audio? Why don't you play the video clip? I don't think it exists. I think it is complete and utter BS, but what hypocrisy to go and have a crack at Russia for using, uh, uh, not that they did, uh, weapons from North Korea when we're sending them from every country, no man. It's just absolute nonsense, and I hate it. What I love is common sense. What I love is Friday, and the two things go together with the man who speaks the most common sense on the planet, Omar Khan, global consultant to the stars. It's Friday. Hey, Omar, how are you going? Hi, my friend. How are you? Always great, mate, when you come on the program. What's happening in the world, especially with uh, corona? It seems to keep making a comeback of sorts. Well, (laughs) when nothing exists and you can fabricate it out of whole cloth,
2: it can come back (laughs) every time you have a sniffle. So what I'm going to do is take you through, if you allow me, um, just a reminder of how implausible the whole thing was, and I tip my hat again. Uh, to Nick Hudson of Panda for calling my attention to it. But this is something I've been emoting on s- for some time. So just go back in your mind. We're in December 2019. And a eye doctor in China says there's an unusual pneumonia. Now, even though there's all kinds of pneumonias, this eye doctor, notice this, 5th January, WHO says they've identified 44 people with this unusual. How? It's so unusual. How did 44 people get identified? We don't have any test. We don't have any standard. And in that area near Wuhan, (coughs) 8 million or so people. We don't know the cause. Two days later, WHO announces it's a SARS-type virus. And they now have 665 cases of this identified. No, sorry, 65, not 665, but six uh, 65 cases of this identified. Three days after that, the first PCR kits ship out. Can you imagine that, Dean? The within the first PCR kits have been manufactured. Three days after that, they're already being shipped. So identification of first patient to shipping of first kits 11 days. Wow. Now, on the same day the kits are shipped, the first gene sequence is published. Two days after that, WHO's accepted Drosten's ludicrous PCR protocol as the gold standard. How do they do that? By the way, <laughs> nine days after that, uh, his article is submitted for peer review and the peer review is granted in 27 hours from a journal <laughs> he's the editor of. I'm not kidding. He's the editor oh, no, of the journal. I know. That's I'm laughing. And, and he also has a financial interest in the PCR kits. Okay, now note, we're still 25 days out from the first eye doctor sighting. 25 days only. Five days after that, the first study comes out in the NEJM saying asymptomatic transmission is a thing, even though it was subsequently debunked but this was to establish the parameters of the pandemic. The uh, Chinese, a Chinese study published in the New England Journal of Medicine around the same time tells us the clinical symptoms. So basically in short, 26 days, we go from a, a first manifestation to identifying a virus, to having a gene sequence, to having a test, to having a peer review to the clinical features every one of the things I've just said is complete and utter bullshit. I 100% agree. 100% bullshit, and this was known by the world. And we all just looked on and nodded our heads like good little babes in the wood. Uh, And by the way, one year after that, we still had no agreed settings for those PCR tests, as you know. Different countries were putting different amplification settings. Um, some of which were so high that basically a papaya would t- test positive.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: So that was the 30 days of, to COVID from eye doctor uh, to hysteria. And I'm just saying, if all you did was recount that, surely the credulity meter of most humans. So therefore, when they tell us it's back, well, what the devil is back? I mean, you have a respiratory illness with a test that's been debunked that can't tell anything, with symptoms that are the same as every other respiratory illness, and this one has a brand name. That's the only thing that's different.
1: It's it's amazing, isn't it? Because, I mean, not only did the flu completely disappear in almost identical numbers as to the number of cases that we found COVID to be in, but this pandemic could never, ever have been called that if they didn't, a decade before, um, reclassify what a pandemic was in relation to the amount of children who had to die or pass away or be severely ill. The whole thing was obviously, I'll I'll come out straight and say it, years in the making. These are governments and organisations that are very, very inefficient but strikingly efficient Um, as per that timeline you just gave us, and it just doesn't fit. The glove does not fit the hand.
2: Yeah, if they had brains and it taken three, four months, we wouldn't see the shrieking implausibility of it. Uh, I don't know if you and your uh, listeners and viewers have had a chance to listen to David Martin um, and his talk in front of the European um, Parliament. This is a gentleman whose company checks out patents and does patent investigations. And he announces that basically um, 1967, was the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. I, mean, I There's long-term, and then there's long-term. Um, and then um, we got to the fact that in 1990, they filed the first patents on vaccines for the spike protein of coronavirus. 1990, he says. Wow. This is testimony. You have to... Type David Martin, European Parliament, you can see the whole uh, speech. Um, And in 1990, they knew the vaccines didn't work because coronavirus kept morphing, it mutates. So they knew that much then. And so it's an indictment of their own programs. Not one publication showed a vaccine that would work on the coronavirus. And then they basically in 2002 started forecasting that there would be this sars and you know we had sars 1.0 and then we had sars Uh, 2.0 and therefore this wasn't even a novel coronavirus you know this had clear family resemblances to sars cov1 evidenced by the fact according to michael yaden the former uh, chief scientist of pfizer that people who had sars cov1 17 years later still had a positive immune response um, to SARS-CoV-2, wow. fact, I mean that—that's how you know the human immune system that they were decrying uh,
1: and poo-pooing It very, very was, well. It was so brilliant, thing, yeah. It, it's just amazing. Yeah, isn't, so isn't it's it? not I'm, like
2: uh, you know. Yeah. Sorry.
1: It's just Please amazing. It. It's amazing that we bought in to this whole narrative. It wasn't scary. There weren't body bags out in the street. Very few people knew anybody who wasn't over the average, you know, life expectancy already, or who didn't have three or more comorbidities who had died. Kids were doing exceptionally well with it. Absolutely. And this nonsense. But like, thinking back, I mean, to the time. I can't believe that we bought it as a society. I mean, I know I've, a lot of us, you and I and yeah. everybody listening, couldn't believe that we went along with this nonsense at the time. But in retrospect, it's just way worse than when we went through it, isn't it? Just to think that we could have possibly succumbed to that narrative with such a weak. I, I just can't believe the whole thing was sold by fear. There was very little but to number, be afraid of except the jab itself. Yeah. Well, a number of us,
2: you know, we're pushing back from the outset. Uh, of course, we were even lonelier voices then. I mean, I, I remember uh, the outrage. Uh, I, I wrote an article a week, every week, from 2019 to 2022, uh, debunking an element of this. Uh, but you remember um, all kind. You of, remember the hue and cry about the Great Barrington Declaration. You know, yeah. as, as if they just wanted to go and murder everyone, let it rip, uh, and and they were saying, oh, these people are. Um, Challenging experts, challenging experts—they're yeah. the three biggest experts of the field. So Gupta is the, the world's uh, foremost epidemiologist. Yeah. And these guys—I mean, if you want to compare credentials of Koldorf, Badrachaya, and Gupta uh, with the hacks that they assembled um, on the payroll—but we couldn't even have a conversation. And I think, I think the one thing we should walk away with: the side that's afraid of the debate is lying.
1: Yeah, the always. side
2: that welcomes a debate is where you place your bets because they're willing to have their mind changed. but those that cannot have to de-platform censor, run away from uh, remove credentials, uh, malign, that's those are the people lying because otherwise why would you do it? You'd welcome. You'd welcome the chance to set the record
1: straight. Always. I think that's why us conservatives are never scared to have a debate, because we're simply arguing the truth. And it's so much easier to debate the truth than a lie always. And we don't have to remember what lie we told either, do we? That's the whole point.
2: Yeah, well, I I think the uh, problem is that when you look at the pharma, you know, there's two things. Why do we keep having wars? As Eisenhower warned us all that time ago, it's a military industrial complex. It needs to be fed. It's looking, I mean, that's, and it's such a big chunk of the U.S. economy. If you pulled that out, any recessionary pressures would magnify, um, you know, imagine unimaginably. The second thing is the pharma industrial complex. And the fact, the fastest way to get rich is to basically uh, trade on people's fear and illness, do not stand on behalf of their health, but... The patent, the aim by twenty seventeen, David Martin says, was to have a universal vaccine template for the whole planet. That was the that was the aim. I, I that was often,
1: declared, it was published. I often wonder if it wasn't more insidious. I mean, I get the whole the whole money aspect of it. And that being the case, they basically could have put a saline solution together with a couple of random things in there, knowing full well it wouldn't do harm, knowing full well behind the scenes that very few people were at threat anyway. The fact that they put them on on protocols such as remdesivir, the fact that they turned down active treatments such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that were highly effective in those who did pass away and would have prevented well, those But they couldn't deaths.
2: have gotten the vaccines through, though, Dean, that's the problem. True. See, but... the emergency use authorization wouldn't have been available if we had told the truth about ivermectin, HCQ, oh, yeah. vitamin D, and all of that.
1: I, I, I get all so... of that as well, but the point being that these um, vaccines... Have done harm, and I actually don't believe it's it's an unexpected byproduct of the thing. I actually think no. a lot of that harm was probably intended. In
2: in law, there are two words: nonfeasance and malfeasance. We can fully agree it's one of the two. Nonfeasance, i.e., is negligence to a point that it's criminally stupid, where they didn't care whether it hurt anyone or not, as long as it went through. So it was they were in that scenario then it's just you're all collateral damage the other one is i want to depopulate the planet or i want to go and you know and maybe there was a bit of both there are probably people out there who just don't give a shit whether it's bombs or uh pharma um you know by which they make their money and everything is collateral damage and then there's some out there who actually uh probably the gates foundation and others (laughs) who want a certain type of planet yeah um you know, And I think both are horrifying because I I think we make the only thing, what was that wonderful thing, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing, but turns uh, out also to say nothing.
1: And there are a whole bunch of good people doing nothing. Unfortunately, though, you're a great person and you're doing a whole bunch, Omar Khan, we appreciate you very much. And I, uh, well, appreciate- what you're doing
2: is on the side of the angels. Uh, you're bringing voices and debate. Uh, and I really honor what you're doing there, Dean. Thank so you. Ima. Keep, keep that going. We'll help.
1: Have a great weekend, mate. We'll catch you next week. Stick around, everybody. We'll be back after this.